0: Hello and welcome to the podcast for real-life heroines with Susanna Liller. Join us bi-weekly as alongside of you, we work toward answering the call, knowing that stepping into our destiny always involves going into the unknown and exploring new landscapes. This show talks about those new landscapes, what it took to get there, and the real challenges that take place for most of us along the journey. Heroines don't stay in their comfort zone, they follow their inner guidance to grow and evolve. From the School for Real Life Heroines, your host, Susanna Liller. Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to my podcast for real life heroines, where I, Susanna Liller, get to interview real life heroines women who have been on the heroines journey previously are currently on it have left their comfort zones and are out doing things in the world that sometimes can surprise them as to how effective and how life-changing and world-changing they can be and i am particularly rather over the moon today, because my guest is Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin, MD. And Dr. Bolin, welcome. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm gonna say a few words about you. I could say many words because so much has been written about you. Anybody who has written 14 books, there's a lot to be said. But if you would allow me to just read, I thought I would, you had told me that you were going to the Parliament of the World's Religions in August, that's August 14 through 18 in Chicago. So I went there and I looked up, well, how did they talk about you? So (laughs) will you permit me to read that little piece? Of course. Okay. And so they talk, just so people know and i had to look this up as well so the mission of the parliament it was created to cultivate harmony among the world's religious and spiritual communities and foster engagement with these institutions in order to achieve a just peaceful and sustainable world and so they say to accomplish this we invite individuals such as yourself and com- communities who are equally invested in this goal. So then they make a list of their luminaries, and Jean, you're you're listed as one of the luminaries, and I would consider you a luminary. And here's what they say about you, and I won't read all of it, but you are a psychiatrist, a Jungian analyst, an internationally known speaker, an author of 13, influential books in over 100 foreign editions and i won't read all the names but i will read the ones that i got unless (laughs) unless you want me to read all 14 but let me read the ones that introduced me to you so that was goddesses in every woman and then of course there was goddesses in older women which is moi and then but i think my most favorite which is crossing to avalon which is your memoir um and and i want to just touch on those when we talk but at any rate so much more can be said um but you're also your most recent book which i don't have which is about artemis and the archetype artemis which i feel is so representative of the work that I do with the heroine's journey because I think she's the heroine of the journey. And so that's another thing we could talk about. But all of that said, you've been in three award-winning documentaries. Um is there anything you'd want to add to that that I I could say a lot more, but anything in particular you
2: want people to know about you? No, I think it's always an an adventure to have to be. Talking and finding that words come out, and and the the idea sort of is that who knows who's listening, I know, you know, and there's sort of a feeling that it could very well be that the right person at the right time connects right. and hears the phrase, right.
1: So, right. and you call that I think the dandelion effect. Yes, I do. <laughs> We don't know where those seeds are going to go when we blow on them. So I think the two of us are hopeful that this is going to help somebody somewhere um, as we talk about your work. And so I wonder if there's so much we could talk about, but I'm wondering if we could just talk about the synchronicity of me finding you um, for a minute, because because as I've said, I have I have followed you, I have read about you, read your books for a long time. And then at the beginning of January of this year, I had been hearing so much about the sacred feminine that I announced to the universe and I put it in my blog and that I was on a, a virtual pilgrimage to uncover and learn about the sacred feminine and i began reading i have all these books and um you know i i dove into it i'm still learning but just today when i was taking your books down from my shelf so that i could have them here to show people i got out and again this is my favorite crossing to avalon and and I know that I had known this before, but it was a woman's midlife quest for the sacred feminine. And I thought, holy mackerel, that's what I've been on. And here I am talking to you today. So I think that's a big piece of synchronicity.
2: It very well be. And that's one of the most important words. Without the word synchronicity, It's hard to explain when you are moved by a combination of event and dream. But there's no word that explains that this makes sense with that. Right. As soon as you get the word synchronicity, you also start to get that it is also that part of the brain that women develop much more than men usually do, because men get in trouble when they're boys. They get ridiculed by bigger boys. They learn to be obedient. They learn to be leaders. If they can be, they're they're made fun of. Before they go to school and get get made fun of, if they're not made fun at at home, they could be very much like girls are, and that they can be active, they can be crying, they could be excited, but they get trained in grammar schools. Yeah. And then what happens is the whole right brain doesn't keep growing. Now, women who go out and play with each other and talk a lot, tell stories and get educated, then both right and left brain actually develop. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so if humanity is going to make it through what is a real problem coming up, that is the temperature is going to go up. And unless we do something different. Uh, this beautiful, beautiful planet will suffer. And right. we will too. Right. So women really do need to feel what is in the heart part of themselves and get together to make a difference.
1: So that begs the question. <clears throat> And I I well, I'm not gonna try to think of what you would say. So how do we do that, Jean? How do we do that in today's crazy polarized world?
2: Well, one of the things that seems to have happened was the pandemic. There was so much socialization in which you go and you you do the social business and you don't talk about what you deeply feel or you're afraid of or you or you're thinking about doing something that's going to disturb the, the peace of the situation. Well, something has changed during the pandemic, and it often has to do with women who were in school together way back when. They got married, perhaps. They had children, perhaps. And they, there was just no time to do anything else but be involved with life until the kids grew up. And then at uh, 40, mid-40s or something, there gets to be a time when something personal starts to evolve. Now, you may have had that experience. Most women who have been married with children have had that experience. They were good friends in college. They had some adventures in college or post-college. But once they made a decision To be a married woman with kids and also worked. Then there was no time for friendships to deepen and talk about what's going on inside. And so you saw each other socially and it was, you know, pleasant. But now with the pandemic, there's a whole possibility of being in women's circles. And
1: you talk a lot about that, and I'm a huge proponent of getting women together to share their stories. I think that's really the way we're going to help each other and help the world. Um, And so let me just backtrack a bit, though. So just for people who might not be familiar with your work or with the term sacred feminine, how would you... Define, and maybe it's impossible to define because people come at it, I know, through different avenues, but how would you define sacred feminine?
2: Well, I remembered when I was a Girl Scout, way, way back when. And I went up in the in the mountains uh, above Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles, you'd never see this the stars then, because it was just so overcast with smog and other things up in the mountains, we slept out of doors in our sleeping bags on, on sort of cots. And the Milky Way was right above us. And it was just exciting to fall asleep seeing seeing the stars in the sky and, and, and being affected by it. And I think about the second or third time I went up to camp, while I was in church, fairly regularly when I was home, up at camp, there was this experience of looking at the stars and being affected by the beauty of it and the vastness of it. And at some point, I went from looking at it to being part of it. Mm. And that that stuck with me. There was like, I was connected to this amazing world we live in. And we come into this life, and probably we had other lives before, but we can't remember them. But here here we all are now at a time when our particular beautiful planet is in danger. And maybe there are many of us who have some sort of sense that we could make a difference within the next decade, because that's about it. If we don't do something in the next decade, the planet will heat heat up and get hotter and hotter trees keep get chopped down and somehow this beautiful planet that affected it affected me when i when back in the i think it was in the 60s when there was the first moon shot now everybody was excited because they were sending men to the moon but what really really mattered was as they were going to the moon, they looked back at the planet, and we caught photographs of our beautiful home. Right, and the symbol—it's uh, almost a soul symbol because that's the circle with this luminous clouds around it and light around it, and then black in the back. It was awesome.
1: Right, and you talk about that actually. You and you know. I just have been looking at it again in um, "Crossing to Avalon" because it was the astronaut Schweikert, I believe, who who wrote about the experience of seeing it and rec- recognizing that looking at it from afar, there are no boundaries. You know, it's and it's and how precious it is to have it from that perspective. Um, so I think what you're telling me us is that the sacred feminine is that connection to nature recognizing that that is our home and as you said about the milky way and we are a part of it we're Mm -hmm. all connected and what we're doing to the planet to the animals we do to ourselves
2: and we are just part of this wonderful realm of this particular planet and the beauty of this particular planet, which is part of the the bigger realm. And somehow yet we grow in consciousness and we have a limited amount of time, which is called our human life. And there's something about the mystical magical quality that is sort of put down because it's carried by women. The idea that a woman Grows a child within her. I mean, it's actually kind of a miracle. Yes, right. and it's put down in a patriarchy. Women are viewed in in a kind of animalistic sort of negative way. Now, I when I was a, a resident in psychiatry at L.A. County Hospital, one of the experiences I had before I even went there. But there I really had the experience of delivering babies. Mm-hmm. And I, I chose three rotations, two of them in smaller hospitals where you could sit at the foot of a pregnant woman and help the cervix to, to thin out and wait for the baby to come. And it is a miracle, a new <laughs> life. Have felt sense of participating in Mm -hmm. a new life. Mm -hmm. And somehow in patriarchal realms, it is viewed as nothing. the, The woman is viewed as what's going on right now. In certain states in the United States, women could not be impregnated Even if you're 10 years old and you get pregnant, there's one woman and one obstetrician got in big trouble. Right. Just that.
1: 10 years old.
2: Yes. Yeah. Right. Because it's assumed by the male patriarchy that women are there to, to bear children, to bear kids, period. And all the rest of it is sort of put down. Well, that's not how the world began either. And there has been eons of time when the feminine and masculine respected one another but ever since the history that we know of it's been a growing patriarchal world and what happened to the feminine what's the sacred feminine right. Right. instead within the 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 natural indigenous realm of the the native american indians was the sense of the sacred between the masculine and the feminine father sky mother earth right, right. You know, and and then there are these individual humans along this evolution of various animals and different birds and all kinds of things, and here we are. We're not dominant over everything else. We're just one more special species, and each species can be quite special. Some are amazingly beautiful, for example, but that yeah. This world we're in is is wonderful, and and to ex- feel it and to feel that it's sacred and that we're part of it. And and to do what we can do to prevent it from being destroyed by the men at war.
1: My my feeling is because when you hear about things like the ten year old and 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 you feel kind of what can I, what can one person possibly do? But I think back to your point of the women's circles and gathering together, I think if we could raise that feminine energy, instead of sort of shooting arrows at what isn't right, because that tends to create defensiveness, that maybe the more we speak, like we're speaking today, and share this, then that's going to
2: that's gonna make a difference. It does make a difference. There's one of the things that's interesting now is how many women who say in the early 60s, uh, with their husbands at work retiring, and they're then in in the standard model that their grandmothers. They are not supposed to be anything much more than grandmothers. Yeah, yeah. And what happens is, it, there's at first, there's it's really it's really very good to be a grandmother. It's really good to be to have your husband retire and you can travel for a while. And what's interesting is, unless those women start to evolve themselves and find that there's some reason to be around and learn and be involved and help other people, it seems like they fade out in their seventies.
1: Right. And they talk about us being so I'm 71. And they talk about us being invisible. And yeah, I'm not ready. And i the women that I know are not ready to fade out for
2: sure. Yeah. Well, don't fade out be with be with other similar kind of souls. Yeah. And every once in a while, there are some men in those circles too. But mostly they are women. who get to a certain place and they are viewed kind of as, well, it's grandma or it's it's aunt so-and-so or it's whatever. And nobody seems to be thinking that there's something going on in her. So when when you join another circle of peers, often educated peers, who don't talk about what Really, is going on with them and their dreams? What is going on inside the conflict that they're in right now? And here they they are in a sacred circle. And one of the things that I started making a difference was writing the book, uh, the million circle, and it's become a women's organization as well. Hmm. And it's not a the million circle is a magical number. It's whenever we get to the number, where men and women actually are are viewed as equals as partners as uh but it's through it's through being in a circle where you come together oh every other week maybe maybe once a week maybe once a month maybe each summer there's something about talking real about what you really believe you would like to do and usually whatever that new thing is it is something that you as an individual person might want to do it, but your family just wants you to be the nice grandma or something like that, it just does not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in these circles, also there is a sense of, of what happens with the energy field that you develop when you keep meeting together with others that trust each one of you. And when you are getting into some kind of trouble like during this four four years of, of sheltering in place. Well, then you circles have been meeting online, yeah. yeah. And it's like like I've been doing my analytic work online. They're very private moments in which you can just be yourself and talk about what you hope for or what you're really scared about. And if you if you have a diagnosis and you're about to see a doc then the whole circle will pray or be in silent or meditate for you. And it doesn't matter what your religion is. It does matter that you have a sense that there is a spiritual divinity out there and inside. And so what happens is that the circle generates its own energy, really. And you can email someone and say, I'm in real trouble now. This has happened. I've got this diagnosis. Uh, I'm worried about my child, et cetera. And suddenly there's energy that comes through the emails, the message goes, but through the atmosphere, there's yeah. this invisible spiritual support. Yeah. I, my brain goes right to um,
1: Jesus' is saying, when two or more are gathered together, i'm there and and that can be jesus that can be buddha that can be god or goddess but adding that additional dimension and i have certainly seen it because i do one-on-one coaching but i've also told women that if we can work together and do this as a group it the the what you get out of it is so much greater it's so much deeper so yes i i I'm with you. And so I'm going to be recommending and getting that. I don't have
2: that book. So it's called the. the- it's the million circle, how to change ourselves and the world. And it's also moving towards the million circle, which is a series of little essays. Mm-hmm. And the, the synchronicity that allowed it to go into the world is just amazing because, okay, I got inspired to, to, to write this thing, but it's, I'm used to writing books this was this was like a series of little essays hmm. Hmm. and and I talked to um, the editor of my publisher at that time who it was always difficult to get a hold of her but this time I rang her up and she picked it up immediately and here here I said uh, sort of hesitantly I have this thing that's not exactly a book it's sort of blah blah, blah. and she asked me to talk about it and then she said We have one page in our catalog, send it over. And it synchronicity got there, went out into the world. Absolutely. Perfect.
1: So can you, so I'm looking at our time and I think we have um, maybe 10 more minutes. And I'm wondering if we could talk about your book about Artemis because, which I think was the last book that you published. And I'm looking to get the exact name here. Artemis, the indomitable spirit in every woman. Mm -hmm. And Jean, the reason why my work on the heroine's journey, I'm always telling women, which is why this is called the podcast for real life heroines is that they are heroines. They have left their comfort zone and they have done things and they don't think of it in those terms and when i read your description of artemis i think that's a heroine that's a woman who decides she's going to go out there and and do what it is that is she's called to do and what was your what what made you decide to choose cuz i know you have You wrote about all the goddesses and all the archetypes, but why did you choose to write about Artemis? Give her one book.
2: Well, Artemis is like the uh, grown up Girl Scout. (laughs) It's it's, it's the, the young woman who grows into womanhood and likes to explore what is the wilderness now it could be a new town it could be another country it could be working with other people of a different race it is like wanting to go out into the wilderness that is not all paved and signed and this is what you have to do in order to make it in the world the the artemis quality is that of the Whatever whatever metaphor is the wilderness, you see. There there was Athena, who can manage in civilization in the male world. Now she wear, wears armor often when she goes into the big world, and and she she's also got a great mind to figure out how to manage things. But that's so different from the woman who happens to like to go out in nature. Yeah. You know and have a sense of connecting with animals yes. and looking at the birds flying and and then seeing this bigger realm of this beautiful planet that we're in and exploring and it's an adventure to some quality now she is one of twins metaphorically in the whole history of uh, ancient greek mythology uh, she was the firstborn of twins. I'm not remembering who her twin is. Her twin was was the the, the one, Apollo and Artemis. Apollo, uh, was the, the the distant. You know, he he's an emotionally distant, up in the sky kind of a fellow, and she is down to earth, wanting to explore, and also be with. Other and in, in her story, she is with other feminine spirits, and to explore and to help is a quality that that uh, makes a, a a woman who is a a Artemis woman always wanting to learn something new, do something new. So the the so the woman who who is done this done it all right according to her her expectations of family and culture okay she got married she had kids now she has grandkids now she's grandma wait a minute what about that part of her (laughs) that that is really wanting to explore the wilderness which is whatever it is that she's been fascinated with it isn't you know right right
1: Which is why you're going and speaking to the people in the parliament of the world's religions, because you're still learning and growing and stepping out there and speaking up for sure.
2: Well, it's so good to be speaking to an organization that is in the whole world, like they're at 300 plus religious backgrounds. So, of course, you don't do a standard form of religion but you do really have a sense that everybody there has a spiritual center right. and is committed in some way to connect with other spiritual people and it's exciting to be so and now what's also exciting is that there are it has gradually become more and more feminine oriented mm. and so the first meeting of this one might have been 200 years ago in chicago But this one is a very different one in that it is much more feminist. The director of the program itself officially has a PhD and a few other things, but she also is part of Wicca, Uh, which is...
1: That's interesting, yeah. (laughs) Right, which was one of the founding earth religions right i mean certainly wiccans are very attached to the earth and and worship the mother earth for sure
2: and and during the time when patriarchal religion started to take over everything uh they were burnt at the stake they were called witches and they were burnt at the stake and co- consequently there is a quality that is private about the connections with the beauty of the planet, the beauty of the atmosphere, and the sense of of somehow, for all that seems to be beautiful, you are being called a witch. Well, I, I find that that it's amazing that 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 the Parliament of World Religions has as one of their major leaders a woman who is a wicca but she's also a phd yeah
1: that's that. so so hearing that makes you realize that things are changing and i think that's another thing is we have to instead of always thinking about oh no it's all going to pot that there are major inroads
2: being made well it's very much up to a shift in like getting back to that beautiful image of earth from outer space yeah. where there aren't boundaries right the evolution of human beings there used to be semi-human beings but we evolved into one one race of human beings of different colors skins different colors hairs different colors size might be different but basically everything is about the same and all and yet yet we're at war with each other all the time. I know. Since patriarchy started taking over and reducing the whole idea of Earth as, as being something yeah. to dominate. Yeah. And now the idea that Mother Earth and Father Sky, which is a Native American view of things, that there is both. And it's only by bringing back the feminine can we make a real difference about this beautiful planet, you know, the people who are, and there are in the United States recently, a number of women who are running for office and politically minded and all that sort of stuff. So maybe, just maybe.
1: Maybe. And I admire them greatly because, wow, talk about a challenge. So, Jean, I hate to think that we have to bring this to a close because it's been really, I could go on, but I'm wondering if I could ask you one last question. And if you think about the women listening, and maybe there'll be a man in there listening too, but mostly women, you've said a lot today, what would you want them to really remember and hear from you and take to heart? Speaking right to them, that woman sitting there listening in front of her computer.
2: First of all, let me hit this. What it does is it goes from head to heart. Now it's, it's the heart chakra It's not what the actual heart is, but it's the heart chakra through which are three chakras above and three chakras below. It's the center of us. And it is its own, it has its own quality of being able to pick up on what's important and to energize the woman to go out and do more. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would start with is like, join with other women if you need support, which every woman actually could use support, where especially if you are leaving your usual assumption where people see you in a certain way, but you really want to start something new in yourself. So the, 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 the circle of women supports the other women, every woman to do and become who that new part of them wants to be. I and understand. it means that then, I mean, I'm working with, for example, a woman who has she 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 has she has cancer she's had it for over a year it's held i mean she, yes she's been treated but it's not going away but she is just moving into what it is her mission to be here and she just recently returned from africa where she did something very wonderful and i knew and heard that this is what was going on with her but then when i saw her in person you wouldn't believe that she actually still has the cancer she was treated it's but it's still there yeah and from a medical standpoint they would really bombard her with stuff to make it go away but that wasn't the point the point was for her to do what she came here to do her mission right right and i think this is what we do need to do you know that most of you will probably know somebody who was supposed to die of something but she didn't because she had a child or she had a mission or she had an education or something Uh because there's something about the body and there's something about the soul and the heart and the energy that we get that helps and sustains us all of that now i have been finally talking about myself personally with a title ever widening circles and mystical moments and what i want emphasizing for people is those mystical moments the problem is often that maybe they spoke up about it and they were made fun of it you can't prove it but it's an internal experience a mystical moment that says this is who i am this is what i what I should want to be. And so in my um, basic idea of autobiography, I've ended up talking about that. I had that feeling up in the mountains that I should be a doctor, but I ha- happened to not have any scientific interest in things. I was going to be a lawyer. I, w- I you know, I was a <laughs> but I had this connection with whatever divinity is. Uh, That came out of also the humbleness that said, I was such a, I was so accomplished that I felt proud that I did all these things. And then it occurred to me that everything was a gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everything was a gift, depending on your situation and all. And somehow I had this connection with deep appreciation and willingness to 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 serve to be my follower,
1: yeah. Hmm.
2: So I've ended up uh, going into writing a autobiography based on my own story, but it's really intended to help other people to realize their stories hmm. Hmm. and have a sense of what did they really feel at certain points in their lives that this is what they should have done or this is what they can still do. Because if we are still here, we still are here. There is, you you're know, so- only a decade before the earth gives up. If we don't help jump in, be in women's circles, et cetera. Right. right. So
1: I would say that's the rise of the sacred feminine is what it is you're here to do, letting that out and not suppressing it. And that's going to create your dandelion effect, a ripple effect. And I just have to share this with you because my daughter was just telling me she lives in center city, Philadelphia, in the middle of the dirty, noisy city. Mm -hmm. And she goes for walks. She's found a place where she could walk in the woods with her dogs. And she told me the other day she was out doing that and she can't explain it, and I'm not going to be able to really give it justice, but she had a moment where she was stopped dead in her tracks with the beauty of the trees and the green and tears yeah. started going, and she had a wonderful feeling of joy, and I think she had a moment. She had a spiritual, it's what you were talking about. Yeah. Yes. In nature. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. So to hear someone like you talk about that, other people hearing that, I'm hoping are gonna say, Oh yeah, I've had that too. You know, again, the the beauty of sharing these things, it's wonderful, Jean.
2: Your daughter's being moved by the beauty of the planet and how she can serve to keep it alive, you know. That's whatever I did. And and it it did require making a commitment. And I thought, well, maybe I may have made a mistake, but I'm going to do this med- pre-med anyway because that's what I because I would, I I in the middle of all that deep appreciation, I felt I should be a doctor, but that was didn't feel like me. But but I stayed with it, and it wasn't until I actually became a resident in psychiatry that I realized this is what I have a gift for. But all the years that it took to get that far.
1: Right. So not to give up. To trust that initial. Yes. What's going to you inside. Yeah.
2: Like your daughter really was connected with divinity. Deep divinity. Yeah. Because when you're moved by beauty. You feel so blessed. Or you feel so chosen. Or you feel something. Right. You could just
1: down on your knees and say thank you
2: (laughs) right and that's just the beginning because of that you you will you make a commitment will you follow through will you struggle with what it takes to live the life that you could be living if you went with what you deeply believed was important
1: right right and what's unique to you is of value. It doesn't have to look like everybody else's, you know, yeah. Well, Jean, thank you so very much. Thank you so much. I'll just let people know that I, I kept knocking on your door and the third time was the charm. I was persistent and I got you and Bless you. Thank you. for.
2: It's a combination of persistent, because I don't even remember that. I get a lot of things. But it was that opening when it arrived, really. So it was your persistence and the opening. It wasn't that you worked on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be hard from way over here in Maine to be working on you in California. But Yeah. Well, I'm over the moon delighted, and this will come out. And um, I want people to know that we'll have in the the notes, the show notes, that uh, your website, how people can get a hold of you
2: with your. Well, I, I I do have a newsletter, so all one has to do is to sign up, go to my website, and sign up for the newsletter because it's coming back again. Wonderful wonderful so that would be a
1: great way to stay connected with you and your teachings and of course they could go to chicago in august and hear you speak in person
2: august 14th to 18th
1: okay one of
2: the luminaries and and there are other luminaries but there's also there's also a coming together of the spiritual worlds
1: right right which is remarkable think about what the energy field's going to be in that situation yeah well again thank you and i hope our paths connect for real someday
2: Absolutely. you know and and to everyone who might be tuning in it's from my heart to yours
1: mm. you know thank you thank you <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the podcast for real life heroines with Susanna Liller. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to connect with Susanna outside of the show, please do. You can email Susanna at and visit the website at SusannaLiller.com. Let's get social. Instagram at SusannaLillard, Facebook, Susanna Liller, author, speaker, and coach. Don't forget to subscribe to the show for easy access to our next episode. And a like and review would be very helpful. Until next time, remember to follow your inner guidance to grow and evolve. We'll